2: Speak to.
0: They are who we thought they were. But we let them off the I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter to the West Wright tight. That's left. 372 Y Sticks
1: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt.
0: Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football.
2: Yeah, baby. What's up? Welcome in, hour number two on this Monday, Monday, la-da. That's the Mamas and the Papas. It's not the Beatles. I made the mistake on this show last year of saying that was the Beatles, and you would have thought that I walked all over their graves, as Doc Holliday would say. Well, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody
1: walked all over your grave. I don't know where he got that accent from that he used in that movie, but uh, it was fun.
2: (laughs) Like, it's literally the only, he's the only one who has ever spoken anything in that particular accent. But we bought it, didn't we?
1: Yeah.
2: Just because it was kind of halfway sort of cool. I'll be your Huckleberry. I'm your Huckleberry. All right. Welcome into the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. If you're watching on Facebook, you can see. They are all lit up, bright, smiling here in the Farm Bureau studio. Glad to be with you. Got numbers there for you. Remember those. Take a screenshot if you want so that you can keep them with you. How to text the show. How to call the show. Some good calls already today on the Divini Equipment phone, 995-1059-601 number. And the text line, the text line, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. You uh have really entertained me. Now, I don't know that I'm entertaining you, but I, I may be getting the better end of the deal, but your texts today on the text line have been very entertaining. I don't want to read all of them because it's gonna be it'll sound like, you know, Matt's out here picking on somebody who's higher up the radio food chain than he is, and he's jealous. He's sour grapes picking on Stephen A. I'm not picking on him. Y'all are, but I'm not gonna read any more of that. Coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to talk a little uh, Ole Miss versus Memphis with a good friend of mine, Brett Norsworthy, from Sports 56 in Memphis. He's a pregame, postgame host for um, Ole Miss on the Ole Miss Radio Network, but hosts his own show there in Memphis. We're going to talk with Brett in just a few. Adele on Facebook, a question. He says, impressions of the florida miami game let me just tell you ugly u g l y ugly but i don't care how ugly it was it was entertaining <laughs> it was awesome to watch it <laughs> i loved every minute we watched every snap and yeah it was comical at the end uh, my family in-laws of the freeman's there from vicksburg we were in vicksburg all piled into their living room watching it and at the end, when Florida kept getting penalties, we just laughing. We were laughing, but we had the best time laughing at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, that's kind of that. We uh, really enjoyed it. And, and I'll tell you what I'm going to do. We'll talk about it a little more um, in depth, a little more thorough. I almost made up a word and said thoroughly. That ain't a word.
1: Thoroughly? That, surely it is. Is
2: it? I said almost we enjoyed it more thoroughly. I was going to say more thoroughly. Is that a word?
1: I look it up but I, I
2: help I, me. I'm with you. I look it. man, you're the long, you're the career radio man. I've been no. thoroughly disgusted. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, thoroughly. Yeah, okay. All right, you got I just needed the use. That's all I needed. All right, let's have a little fun. Every time we talk to this guy, it's just fun. And man, it's a fun time of year, so let's have some fun on the radio right now on the Divinity equipment phone with Brett Norsworthy. Y'all follow him on Twitter if you don't already. Brett Norsworthy has his own show in the afternoons on Sports 56 in Memphis. AM 560, Sports 56, 3-6 Monday through Friday. And you'll hear his voice this Saturday and every Saturday throughout the fall. Pre-game, post-game host on the Ole Miss Network. Brett, man, we've been drumming it up for months and it's finally here. Game week. Congratulations, my friend. You made it
0: made did make it, make it, Matt, we made it together, and it is the, to paraphrase the, the Christmas song, I, I don't want to go all Steve and Edie Gourmet on you, but it is the most wonderful time of the year.
2: <laughs> no doubt. Hey, uh, your impressions on Florida-Miami, we talked about it last time we had you on in preview, after you got to watch, what'd you think?
0: It was about, Matt, it went about how I thought it would go, I really did, I thought it'd be something in the low 20s, I didn't think it would be a score fest. used to, 24-20 was was kind of a score fest, but it's not anymore. I thought it would look a lot like that with the tackling at issue, with offsides and penalties at issue, and we're going to see a lot more of that beginning again Thursday with games around the country. I thought over the weekend it was the best thing on television and the worst thing on television that I saw all weekend. It was, it was uh, lovably bad, and, and, but in the end, Florida had just enough, put enough pressure on the young quarterback for Miami, one big takeaway I had, Manny Diaz looks like he's, you know, one game, I know four quarters of football, but it looks like he can be one of those big-time guys. It's why he left Temple as fast as he did. And, and he, he can get down there, back to Miami, back to you, and try to restore them to some greatness. They're not going to get back to the level that they once enjoyed. I don't know if you can. I mean, Sir Isaac Newton takes over at some point. And, and it has for Miami, but I think Manny Diaz really held himself up well. I like his sideline comportment very much, and and like his football team. I think they'll, they'll win some games this year in Florida. We'll get better. Felipe Franks was – I mean, just like Felipe Franks, most of the time, usually is.
2: Yeah, Brett, um, you know, he made some plays. The other kid in that first half, I looked up at halftime after watching Florida just – dominate the line of scrimmage on defense, just thoroughly dominate it. That entire first half, Miami's in third and 15 and fourth and 12, and yet they somehow led the game. I could not believe, and I couldn't even really figure out how they were leading at halftime as bad as Florida's defensive front pushed them around, you know?
0: It, it It was manhandling up front, and I think we will see a lot of contrast like that this weekend and into the early stages. Of the season, anybody returns any number of starts in offensive line uh, that, that 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 needs to be that needs to be your favorite in the game. It, you know, it's Phil Steele's holy grail in most of his summertime analytics prediction stuff is the returning number of starts in an, o- in an offensive line. I think it's close to everything. Miami didn't have many, and Florida exploited. Florida didn't have a lot, but they had they had enough on the other side to carry them and. I think Florida would be good. Now, they're in a really nice scheduling position. They have a lot of time, really, to get ready for Kentucky and, and, and the rematch game with that, and then their big game with Tennessee. But it, it went Saturday night about like I thought it would. I, I promise you, I did our buddy Lee Trevani and show Saturday morning in Mobile, and I said 23-20, 24-21, 20, something in that neighborhood. Close enough, twenty I'm going to call it a W.
2: It that is nailing it for you, sir. Brett Norsworthy on your radio right now. Y'all follow him on Twitter if you don't already. Just spell out his name at Brett Norsworthy. So you've got the hot hand on how these games are going to go one game into the year, Brett. Um, what <laughs> game? One game, Ole Miss at Memphis, Liberty Bowl Stadium, 11 a.m. It's like an old classic type of matchup, especially for the folks around here. But what happened, you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago doesn't matter. So what's going to happen on Saturday? You tell me.
0: No, no, we, we, we love the history books, but they are for us. They yeah. are for the fans. They are for mostly, largely, the older fans. Right now, today, you know, look, it's hard to explain to a millennial what a collect telephone call was. <laughs> it's hard to explain to some millennials what a telephone on a wall in a house was. So they... 82 games, or frankly, the 2007 game, the 2008, 9, and 10 game, and I don't blame them. I mean, I, I, I don't know. We, we probably did, but we were probably the outliers in that match. I think the game in Memphis will look a lot. Now, now the, I think the athletes and the players and the depth will be different than Miami and Florida, but I think it will look a lot like that in the offensive and defensive lines, which one can take control. I think both Memphis and Ole Miss are a little deficient in offensive line play going into week one. They probably would be against much lesser opponents for either side, but they sure are against the opponent that they will have Saturday at the Liberty Bowl at 11 o'clock. I, I think whoever can take control, a defensive line that can take control and really rattle that other quarterback, I'm, of course I'm not talking about anything beyond the rules. I'm not, I'm not even going, Al Davis, the quarterback must go down they must go down hard but look we know even in this modern football where we are very very sensitive and alert to injury and you can't crush the quarterback anymore and that's a good thing I want to keep football so we have to do that I'm, I'm fine by it but you have to have him wor- worried about it you have to have him wondering where are they coming from and I think both defenses will be very very aggressive a lot of blitzing I think both sides should and we try to beat you back on, on the edge. And it, it could, by late in the game, it could look like glorified 707 passing through, uh, route tree stuff. It could look like that with a modicum of running for each team. They have a good running back in Patrick Taylor, a thousand yard rusher last year from Humble, Texas. Ole Miss, I, today Matt Luke and his Monday presser said he thought one of the strengths of the football team would be our, our running backs. I, I, I think that's accurate. I know. I know he knows the team better than I do, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say amen to whatever he says about the strength of the team. But, so somebody will have to win the rushing game. Last year, in 14 games, Memphis won the rushing battle 11 out of 14 games, including both games against Central Florida. Now, that usually is a pretty good predictor of winning if you can win that rushing battle. They win 86, and they lost both of those to Central Florida that they won the rushing battle, but Saturday... I think whomever wins the rushing battle and can kind of control the other one's defensive line while the other one's defensive line is having success will, will win the game. I think I, I think it will be a pretty wild game. I'm going to say around 38, 35 in that neighborhood with Ole Miss getting the win. Forty years ago, for the old-timers that we want to go back into the history book, 40 years ago, Buford McGee from Durant, Mississippi made his debut in Memphis in this game. At this stadium, and the first time he touched the ball, he scored a touchdown. I'm not calling for Jerry on Ely or Sue Connor to score the first time they touched the ball, but those two freshman running backs will have to be big with complimenting Scotty Phillips in the run game for Ole Miss. I think it'll be a while when Memphis is really good. They could win. If they win Saturday, they, they, they could be 12 and 0 in hosting the AAC championship game first week of December. And for the first time ever, Matt, I do think this game. May be more important to Ole Miss than it is to Memphis, because no, almost no route, no scenario to a seven-win, maybe even six-win season for Ole Miss exists without getting this first one, and for sure in the first four, going three and one. So this was really important to set the tone, and then you know a lot of momentum heading into the home opener, which will be an SEC opener. So I expect a wild game and a good game and in this and in this series. We really haven't had a great game in this series since 07, mm-hmm. uh, 21-20 game. And that was after early Ole Miss, uh, a pretty big lead, 21 to nothing. So probably do a wild one, a close one at, at the end. with you know, two minutes to, cut, to go, it's a coin toss.
2: Sure. Brett Norsworthy on your radio. Y'all follow him on Twitter, at Brett Norsworthy. Spell out his name. You can listen to him in the afternoons on Sports 56 in Memphis and before and after the Ole Miss games and the Ole Miss Network pre- and post-game host. You, you nailed something I was going to follow up with, Brett, because we had a conversation here last week. Uh, a lot of folks texting the show that were um, – they had the impression that losing this game just simply is not an option for Ole Miss and that, as one texter put it, all hell would break loose if Ole Miss lost this game. And I, I felt like I needed to remind them, look, Memphis is good and they're perfectly capable of winning the game. What do you see? You said it's majorly important, such an important deal and you kind of explained it there, but take me a little further into just the the overall importance for of this game for Ole Miss and its fan base and everything involved in that Ole Miss program.
0: Well, it's just what we've been through since leaving the Sugar Bowl January 1st, 2016. It has been a lot of a lot of controversy a lot of scandal a lot a lot of nc probing and investigation and, and... power five in the new year's day bowl type games or in the cotton bowl game and in that big payday and it would be the you know the best thing ever for that that program and they've really earned it they've really worked hard mike norvell has put in the work and and his his offense is one it's going to be hard If he goes over 300 yards Saturday, Memphis is one to get
2: What about Matt Corral on the other side too, Brett? Um, What do you see that he needs to be and needs to do this Saturday for Ole Miss to win and and for everybody to come away really believing in him?
0: I'm going to mix metaphors a little bit, and it kind of bugs me when the football guys do that and then the (laughs) baseball guys do it with football, but I'm going to do it. I, I, Saturday for Matt Corral, if, if he, he were a baseball player, I want him to go about three for four with two singles and a double. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't need on, on the back foot swinging for the downs, trying to hit a grand slam every single play. Just be get really comfortable with the offense, get the play. Rich Rod wants to get it in at about six seconds, get the play in, uh, execute the play, and if it comes a time to you know kind of hold them or fold them, Tip it out of bounds. Take the hook slide and, and, and live for another play. Just play really controlled and take care of that football. I mean, it, it, it's the most cliche thing we ever do pregame. Is talk about the, the turnover battle. There's no way to predict that. We all know if somebody has four or five turnovers, they're not going to win. I don't care who you are and who you're playing. But I, I don't. Even, I don't know if Ole Miss could even afford two turnovers on Saturday. And that would, that would be asking a lot of a guy getting his first start. You know, he had those games last year, but not a start in that setting. And you mentioned when you first brought me on that setting. I love that setting. I love that setting. I love the one you're going to be in. It's yeah. one of my favorite stadiums to go to, to go to football in. And I was in the Superdome one well, one weekend for an SEC basketball tournament. Did Dante Jones never miss a shot? <laughs>
2: That's right. He got hot in New Orleans, didn't he, Uh and it's hey, just, and speaking of hot, I mean, I know it's going to be hot in Memphis, but Brett, I tell you, that's the only downside to Saturday for me is that our game is at the same time as the Ole Miss game. So um, I always, I mean this, I'm not just patronizing you. I make a point to listen to you in the pregame and the postgame whenever I can, uh, because I just Thanks, enjoy, man. I just enjoy so much your enthusiasm, your knowledge, not only currently but historically. You do an outstanding job, and uh, I hate I won't get to listen in this Saturday, but I will in the future as well. Really appreciate you. That
0: that is very, very kind, and and you you can tell. And, you know, I do. I love this stuff, and Mm -hmm. another season, uh, I think, Matt, I really do. You know, I I got more games behind me than I do in front of me, but I know I love it as much as I did when I was 10 years old, and I really loved it when I was 10 years old. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: well, I'm just, I'm right there with you, buddy. I really am. All right. Hey, listen, have a great weekend. It's a special week for you, I think, you know, from a bunch of different angles. And uh, we'll be watching with great anticipation and listening on Saturday. Brett, thank you, buddy, very much. Thank you, man. Have,
0: have fun at the Dome. It has literally hosted everything. My friend David Kellum, I think he is called the Old Miss Rebels in all three sports. Yes baseball and the win-dixie classic one time at the superdome it it is literally hosts everything and every fan core in our region has left that superdome with a big smile on their face from some sporting event it it is one of my favorites have fun and and eat eat well in that town i know you will
2: i certainly will we're gonna have a big time friday night for sure all right brett have a great weekend talk to you soon you got man thank you all right talk to you later that's brett norsworthy y'all follow him on twitter At Brett Norsworthy. And, of course, you can listen to him in the evenings on uh, Sports 56 in Memphis. So what's it going to be? He just gave you a quick prediction right there. 38, 35-ish type of game. And, honestly, like I think that's how everybody with a sense of football and these two teams and these programs uh, has a similar read on the game going into it. High scoring for both teams. Both teams going to be able to score. You know, it probably does come down to just whichever defense finds that one or two stops. Maybe create that one late turnover that gives you the football one more time than the other guy. 38-35. And, boy, did he ever nail the Florida-Miami deal or what? What did he say? He said he predicted uh, 23-21 or something like that. And that's about what you got. So we'll talk about that more. i got a bunch of texts uh, from you here to get to on the text line at 885-ESPN. We'll do that next in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around.
1: You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. I get you again,
2: Matt? <laughs> um, well, here's the thing, Roger. Like, I know the song very well. The one-hit
1: wonder. It's, it says, what, wishing my life away or something? Well, it's Tub Thumping. That's the name of the group. And it's Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba. I get yeah. knocked down, but I get up again. Okay, and
2: here's the thing about it, Roger. Is it said, okay, I get knocked down, I get up again, all this stuff. But then it also it said, I'm wishing my life away,
1: but it sounds like they're saying something else. Well, you know, I wouldn't be surprised you wouldn't know too well it's because it's you know, basically a drinking song. I take a whiskey drink, I think a vodka drink, right. you know,
2: right. so on. Right. <laughs> that's your forte. That is. That's right. Okay, well, I it's, I just remember it from the 90s. Man, I'll be honest with you. Mid nineties, mid to late, but kind of around ninety four, ninety five. A lot of the music that was on the radio when I was in high school, it is burned and seared into my memory. And I didn't like any of it. <laughs> I didn't like any of that
1: mid nineties stuff. The nineties were the nineties uh, wardrobe. You know, with the the, the high waisted jeans and the yes. funny colors and all that stuff. Yes. Well,
2: and look, like the the late eighties. All the 80s music I like. The early 90s stuff in pretty much any genre. So hip-hop, R&B, you know, pop, rock, country, all the stuff in the earliest part of the 90s, I liked it pretty much. Around about 93, it all started to get terrible. That's just my opinion. It all started to become terrible. Is Jake still over there messing with my computer? No, he's gone. Jake Wimberley came in the studio and you know, he makes all the money and apparently he does not have enough computers at his fingertips to conduct all the business he has going and even needs to every now and then access the call screen computer. I understand it, Jake. You have so many irons and so many fires. I understand it. Hey, look here. Bulldog blitz on the text line says, not just your opinion. Nineties music sucked. <laughs> All right, look, give me a call on the Davini Equipment phone. Davini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., 995-1059, 995-1059. If you're watching on Facebook, it's right there. That's the call number. Give us a call. You can also text the show, 885-ESPN, 885 885- ESPN text away. You want to be like um, Gator Man and Fluffy and Bill and the Mailman and Res Dog and Miko and Bulldog Blitz and everybody in Texas show and get on the air that way. That's one way to do it. And you can also tweet me anytime at Radio Wyatt. At Radio Wyatt. West tweeted me a little bit ago and he said there's no way a guy would leave the NFL due to injury to go play in a league where the blocking is going to be worse. I'm talking about Andrew Luck. And the idea of the XFL, agree with that. Hey, you know, in our
1: in our NFL update, they said they're not even going to go after him for the seventeen mil and bonuses that they could, no. you know, justify. Try but... to recoup. Yeah, yeah, they don't need to do that. Why? That, that never happens to me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh yeah, if it's me or you, they're coming after it. No, they probably going to get it at twenty five cents. Oh, even <laughs> the quarter. Yeah, Roger, I just have to tell you about Saturday when we started watching or or. The whole day Saturday for our family leading up to the Florida versus Miami game. Can I please tell you about it? Absolutely. So Saturday was all about the Freemans and the Wyatts and the Morgans. We went to Vicksburg. What's up, Vicksburg, everybody on WVBG 1077. 1490. Hope everybody's well. So, we went, obviously, to watch high school football. Rob and the gang won on Friday night. Big game. Enjoyed it a lot. Ate some good ballpark food, grilled hamburgers, all that. And then Saturday, we just kind of did nothing because we wanted to watch football as a family pretty much all day long. Plus, my mother-in-law had recently had knee surgery. She's not getting around that well. She's kind of you know off of her knee for the most part. And... So we're there in the middle of the day. Several things. You had a high school game on television that came on after ESPN game day. Yeah, it's kind of boring, you know, but at least it's live football. We are watching it, you know, just killing time at the house. And then later, Samford was going to come on, um, and, which they did. Got to watch uh, who was it they played? Samford and Youngstown State. Got killed, by the way. Youngstown State beat them pretty good. So, the Florida versus Miami game did not come on until late in the evening. Six o'clock kick. So, you got a lot of stuff going on throughout the day. We have three children at the house my daughter, another young'un. She's nine, Mary Beckett's nine months younger, so about both seven and eight. And then a little boy named Trace, who's three and a half. My wife there. And all of our plans, Roger, revolve around dogs. You know anybody that has dogs that kind of dominate all their decision making and all their travel and
1: everything? I thought kids uh, ace, you know, Trump the dog. Well, they're supposed to, Roger. I thought when you got, yeah, like you. Roger. When you got, got a kid, you kind of moved on. They are supposed to. <laughs> I'm we, thinking it's not, it's not the Wyatt family.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we have two miniature Schnauzers, okay? Okay champ and lady they sleep on the bed they 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 get special food that's very expensive. Well, you get your special coffee tell you what I'd have to buy a lot of coffee to equal what it costs for that dang dog food okay <laughs> and my in laws have a little um what is this kind of dog uh what Westie, a West 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 Island Highland Terrier. Okay, West Highland
1: Terrier. You know what I'm talking about. Little bitty dog, short. Look, whenever it says terrier in it, you got a barker, and a. Scratcher.
2: Oh yes, definitely a barker. Well, Sadie Mac is the little um, Westie, beautiful little dog. She's tiny, little bitty, short legs. You know, white hair, solid white dog, cute. She's high strong. So at one point during the day. My wife's coming back to the front door of the house with three dogs, all three of them on a leash. Comes in the house to let them all in and take the leashes off in the house. And when she did that, about that time, all three kids came running to that same door. Uh Uh-oh. Being that little Trace was the youngest, he's way behind, running to the same door. But he's crying. I stepped outside. I said, what's wrong? He says, I want to go climb that tree. I said, girls, y'all don't want to go climb the tree? And as this conversation began to happen, right there at the door, the little Westie, Sadie Mack, slipped out. Not on a leash. She just came out the door. Been waiting on her chance. She is small. She is low to the ground. I mean, you have to break your back just to get down low enough to pick her up. And here's the other thing. She is extremely fast and quick. <laughs> Her change of direction is amazing. Bulldog Blitz says he has dog problems as well. Three dogs, six bluegill, and a 20-pound cat. That sounds like a, That's a fat cat. recipe for disaster. Uh, we got another text that says, My in-laws, Westy, is known in our house as the West Highland Terrorist. Anyway, <laughs> make a long story short, Sadie Mac got out, and she took off. When she did, my wife slammed the door and took off after her, running. I, on the other hand, realized I can't catch this, cat, this dog, nor can any of us. If this dog does not want to be caught, it can't be caught. And it didn't want to be caught. But she began chasing it down the road. When she began chasing it, all three kids, eight, seven, and three, began chasing her down the road. They all took off. None of them would listen to me, none of them. That dog stayed gone. We had a neighborhood watch going on. We had neighbors walking out through the woods, not only looking for the dog, but looking for my wife and child. (laughs) I was almost to the point I had gone and gotten a car riding around the neighborhood trying to cut them off. And it almost got to the point we lost sight and sound of them. I was going to launch the drone. Back on the show. Sometimes, Roger, you need more
1: than two hands, don't you? Read my mind. I got
2: too many screens buttons and things going on. So far, so good, though. (laughs) We're managing to make it. Um, One of the big, you know, uh, I mean, that's what it is, an in-state rivalry game uh, going on this weekend is uh, Southern Miss is hosting Allcorn State in the season opener this weekend in Hattiesburg. And I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be um, fun for a lot of people. Anytime you know you have folks who are just – you're in the same state, you're um, people that know each other previously already. you got a lot of Southern Miss fans and Alcorn State fans are going to go to that game, and they know each other, talk football all year long, and you get those opportunities to play each other. They've played each other a good bit, especially since – you had Jay Hobson get the head coaching job there at Southern Miss because he, you know, he came from Alcorn State, which is um, just a really neat dynamic for that rivalry game. So what we're going to do now is we're going to call up Patrick McGee uh, from the Sun-Herald and talk about this game with him. Patrick, on the show last week, we were talking about the uh, – kind of getting some of the details anyway about how Southern Miss was getting around this law that allowed him to sell some alcohol in the stadium. And then he followed that up. If you followed his coverage, you'll know what I'm talking about. Patrick McGee. He is Patrick underscore McGee M A G E E. And he's coming up in just a bit. But I like it. Alcorn State versus Southern Miss. You know, you've had Southern you're gonna have Southern Miss versus Mississippi State in week two. Years past you've had Mississippi State versus Jackson State. I was there for those games. Those are a lot of fun. We really do need more of the in state stuff. Um Everybody's got different opinions on it, but it's interesting to me. I mean, Old Miss will play Memphis, but they won't play Southern Miss. I'm not really sure I understand that. I will tell you the culmination of the previous story is that we did eventually, I say we, my wife did eventually after trudging through the woods and the briars and the poison ivy and stuff with three kids following behind her after about a mile, she tracked down Sadie Mack the Westie the West Island Terrier and brought it back. There's a whole lot more to that story. That's how our day got started this past Saturday. By the time the game rolled around between Florida and Miami Saturday night, we had laughed until we were sore at the uh, shenanigans of chasing this dog down. The lesson of the sto- whole story is that next time, just let the dog go. <laughs> Right. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's not the lesson. You'll not be invited back. (laughs) Don't let the dog go, especially if it's the in-laws' dog. All right, let's do it right now. Divinity Equipment phone line, Davinny Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. On the Davinny phone is Patrick McGee of the Sun-Herald, covers Southern Miss for a living, does a heck of a job with it, as uh, has been proven recently. He dug down and got the details on how they were able to get around this Sort of law that says you can't sell alcohol in stadiums. Turns out you can. You just read the law closely, I guess. They figured all that out. Now it's on to real football. Patrick, thanks for giving some time here on a Monday. Monday of game week. I know you'll have press conference stuff going on. How excited are uh, Southern Miss fans to get this season started, especially with an in-state opponent coming in for game one?
3: Yeah, I mean, I would say things have been kind of low key in Hattiesburg throughout fall camp and, and Hobson and company have tried to kind of keep a lid on things, be a little bit more restrictive of access to the team. And I think, I think he realizes that, you know, he has a chance to have a very good team this season. And I think that, you know, among the fans who are kind of in the know, they understand they have a chance to be pretty darn good, uh, all, all considering a little bit of a setback they've had this morning. Uh, with the idea with news that quiz Watkins is going to sit out the first two games of the season, but uh, in Hattiesburg, I think uh, folks are quietly confident. That's the best way to put it.
2: Quietly confident. You've got um, an opportunity to, you know, play some guys that probably have, you know high school teammates, people that have known each other for years. That's what you get with these in-state right. rivalries. Um, what about Jay Hobson? What do you gather from him? Is special about playing the the school that he used to coach at
3: yeah i mean it's uh hobson didn't really harp on that a, a whole lot i mean he is a little bit removed from alcorn at this point he's in what year number four at southern mess uh i know alcorn state was kind of the program that kind of uh gave him an opportunity whenever things were kind of headed south in his career with a, a bad break there at memphis and uh you know it, it the, the what alcorn state gave him is a chance to prove he could be a head coach and he certainly did that and then mm-hmm that's what got him the opportunity at Southern Miss. So I'm sure that he'll look across and see some of his old assistants, like Fred McNair, who's his quarterback's coach, a lot of those guys. And one thing that's kind of unique is Terry Whittington, a, a defensive end who's in his first year at Southern Miss, a graduate transfer. He was at Alcorn State the last uh, three seasons. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting ties between the two programs with Jay Hobson and Brian Stanchek. He was offensive coordinator, offensive line coach at Alcorn last year. So, Uh, You know, Derek Nicholson, he was at Alcorn with Jay Hobson. So, uh, Jay has kind of relied on those Alcorn uh, ties as he's put his staff together at Southern Miss.
2: Patrick McGee on your radio right now, Um, everybody's quarterback is important to their season. Jack Abraham, he's kind of entrenched. He's the guy for that offense, am I right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: he's the starter, and I think he kind of uh, solidified that through the fall. Tate Whiteley has shown some progress in, in throwing the football and showing a little bit better arm strength. Uh, but he also threw a fair—you know—I think four interceptions through two scrimmages. So there's some things he still has to work out. He's still a young quarterback who was forced into duty last year uh, whenever Jack went down for a couple of games. But it's obvious that Jack is really kind of the—he uh, just has—you know—he's one of the smarter quarterbacks you'll probably find in the country in terms of just his intellect. Uh, you know, he's six feet tall. He doesn't really uh, look like a guy that's going to have the NFL teams really knocking on his door. But uh, he's such an accurate passer, really kind of a steady force there at quarterback. Uh, it's it's really just it, it, as long as he gets time to throw the ball, uh, last year he faced a fair amount of pressure just because that run game wasn't there and the offensive line didn't hold up well against a pass rush. If that offensive line takes it takes significantly forward this season, I think uh, Jack Abraham's got a chance to have a big year.
2: Patrick... Um... Statistically and, and you know, you look at in that conference USA season a year ago, that defense was just really, really good. It makes sense with a guy mm-hmm. like Hobson, you know, recruiting to it and putting it together. Um where do they expect to be this year? Did do, do they take a step even as good as they were, do they take a step forward or are they just kinda of trying to maintain? Uh, a little bit of maintain, but I
3: think this defense is more talented. Uh, they're a little bit uh, less experienced than linebacking core. You have Rakeem Booth back as a starter, but everybody around him, it's a really deep group and a, a young group and a talented group. I expect this defense to be every bit as uh, tough. I mean, you've got two all-conference uh, players up front, Demario Smith and Jacques Turner. Uh, you basically got every, you know, most of your key guys back in the secondary. Uh, you know, I guess they technically only re- returned five or six starters from last year, but it feels like they've got all eleven back. I mean, that's just how mm. uh, talented they are across the board. I expect this deep. You know, the stats may not be what they were a, a year ago. Uh, you know, some of those numbers are a little deceiving because they only play eleven game schedule. Yeah, uh, didn't play in App State, who they were supposed to. Uh, but I expect this defense possibly to be more uh, gifted and talented, and and just really better as a group. I think.
2: Yeah. Uh, before I turn you loose, Patrick, I know the last time I talked to you here on the show, it was the day before you were going to uh, talk to the Southern Miss administration and kind of get the details of mm-hmm. how they were able to work around the law. And I'm saying this here with air quotes that supposedly you couldn't sell, you know, um, alcoholic beverages in a stadium. What did you find out when you talked to them was the reason that they were able to get around that?
3: Uh, well, I mean, it just, Kind of, it, it um, you know, McLean was uh, Jeremy McLean. You know, didn't get into the full detail, but uh, once you kind of delved into the terminology of all this, alcoholic beverages has a uh, alcoholic beverage has a specific definition in Mississippi state law, and it's uh, I forget that the, the I think it's five percent uh, alcohol per pound or whatever. And basically, what alcoholic beverage means is, you know, if you're from Mississippi, understand this, where you only can buy, you know, uh, liquor in a liquor store, basically alcohol, alcoholic beverage equates to liquor or wine. Okay. Uh, uh, so it's that it leaves out beer and light wine. So that's what's allowing Southern Miss to uh, sell beer and, and light wine to football games. Is You know, they're not selling uh, Seagram's whiskey or, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they just kind of, they're going to keep it to, uh maybe wine coolers and uh Miller lights. So that's that's gonna be your drinking options at probably at southern Miss football games.
2: Okay. All right. So it's as they say the devil is in the details. Now I'm not saying literally in this case, I'm not making some kind of comment, but that maybe that slogan <laughs> holds true, right? Devil's in the details. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. I'm sure but I I'm sure everybody's probably thrilled to see that devil in the details at this point. At least southern Miss football fans for the most
2: part are. Yeah. Sure. All right, Patrick. Appreciate it, man. Have a good week. All right. Y'all too. You too. Thank you. That's Patrick McGee. Covers Southern Miss for the Sun-Herald. Follow him on Twitter, Patrick underscore McGee. Southern Miss hosting Alcorn State in Hattiesburg. M.M. Roberts Stadium Saturday night, 6 p.m. Coming to a living room near you on the ESPN Plus app. If you want to watch it, you can. Monday is in the books, boys and girls. Game week is underway. Feinbaum is next. I'll see y'all tomorrow. See ya!
1: You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.